Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. If you've been wanting to master the art of manifesting money and cultivate a lighter, more enjoyable, more feminine, and dare I say, pleasurable approach to creating more money in your life, Look no further because Sovereign Money is about to relaunch in just a couple of days. In fact, it opens up on Monday, May 20th, which is literally just around the corner. And this launch, I am doing something that I've never done before for everyone who gets on the wait list. I am giving you $100 off of your enrollment into Sovereign Money, and I'm opening the doors one day early with that $100 off special. This is only available to those who get on the waitlist before Sunday the 19th, and it will expire once we launch to the public on May 20th. Don't wait. You can get on the waitlist right now by going to manifestationbabe.com slash SM. That's S as in sovereign, M as in money. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash SM for that $100 off of your enrollment into sovereign money. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Manifestation Bay podcast. I'm bringing to you live from our dining room, Brennan King O'Keefe, and we're finally sitting down to record the Manifestation Babe Financials episode, Year in Review. Uh, 2021 is over, and I used to do this thing called the CEO (laughs) Reports. Brennan vowed to take over those, but never got around to that because, to be quite honest, he's too busy in the numbers to ever sit down and write about the numbers. So I figured what better way to bring the CEO report back than to sit down and talk all about the juicy, behind-the-scenes numbers of what it took to run our business in the last year. Babe, can you just like start us out by telling us what was our revenue in 2021? And also one of the questions we got, which you guys submitted the best question. I actually like Brennan, I'm not even lying. I've never received so many questions. Like I I do Q and A's when we travel all the time. This received way more questions than any box that I've ever put up on Instagram. So people want to know the deets, okay? What was our goal in 2021 and what did we end up doing? Let's start there. Well, uh, let me start with the uh, a few things. First off, uh, I like the kitchen table office. Um, you guys can't see this, but <laughs> I literally have my slippered feet on the table right now. Um, 
aside from that, um, I just want to say a quick caveat, which is 2021 is complete. But uh, for those of you who run businesses, you know that when the calendar year ticks over, nothing is done yet. So it's time for taxes. We are well in the middle of working um, on our taxes. Uh, there's some transitions with different elements of those teams as well. Um, and uh, so I'm going to speak to my best of my abilities um, for 2021. But the nice thing is we do have all of the previous years as well um, as a really great kind of. Um, yeah, uh, please share. Yeah. So 2021, um, our goal um, was it blows my mind when we look back at it because it felt so insanely ambitious. Do you remember? Okay. So we just finished our exec team, like a full annual, uh, what do we call this? Meeting, right? Yeah. Annual meeting. We, <laughs> we don't even know what we call it. Annual meeting. And uh, the goal that we set for 2022, we were literally like, how in the frick are we going to do this? But what's funny is I reminded Brennan and Londa because she's part of the exec team. Uh, there's three of us. And we were like, this is how we felt about 2021. And we surpassed the goal. Yes. So I think that's, that's one of the things is, is, you know, having really audacious um, goal setting is such an important thing because when you set something that feels not unachievable, but a stretch outside your comfort zone, not easy, um, but possible, um, even if you don't hit it, you're going to grow so much towards that goal that, uh, it, you just, you'll always surprise yourself where we end up. And I bring that up because we have surprised ourselves time and time and time again. So, you know, we set this goal of 6 million, um, for 2021. What do we do in 2020? And in 2020, which was the year that, you know, COVID the world uh, un exploded. <laughs> unveiled itself. Um, we did 3.6 million. Um, and, um, in 2020, but I think our goal was, do you remember what our goal was from back then? 3 million. I think, was it 3 million? Yeah. Cause I think we did one point. I don't even know anymore. The, I, I can't do the numbers. You guys, every time I do not, <laughs> I swear to God, every time I post a number on Instagram, Brendan comes back to me and he's like, Catherine, that is not true. She has no idea. You underestimated that goal. <laughs> and I literally had this girl, um, comment the other day and like, you know, I'm used to haters, commenting, messaging, whatever. Like it's just a part of growing an audience, right? It's just like a thing you have to experience. And, um, and it just all matters on how you perceive it and how you see it. But this girl was like, um, Catherine, I don't mean to be that girl, but like I screenshot your following in December of 2020 and I put on my vision board. So I'm coming here to correct you that you grew by a hundred thousand followers, not 50,000 followers. So stop underselling yourself. And I'm like, first of all, I freaking love you. This is the best kind of comment ever from like, you know, a comment that I thought was going to be from a hater. And I just freaking love you. And Brendan does that to me all the time. So I'm always underestimating. I always am estimating that's the key. And Brennan is here to just kind of like fill in the gaps and correct me here and there. And then just you're share. the chief manifesting officer. Yeah. It's, I'm the manifesting officer. I'm, I'm a non-specific. You got to get like, out of the way when it comes to the numbers and the pragmatic and the practical, that's not where Catherine excels. And we learned that really quickly. Um, our exec team is unique. And when Catherine said, I'm not even sure what we call that meeting, um, that meeting is based upon something we've shared with you in the past. 
Um, as a matter of fact, those of you who may know our mentor, James Wedmore, um, James is a dear friend, a colleague, uh, someone that we spend a lot of time with. And James introduced us to uh, a book called Traction. And uh, in addition to James's seven-figure mastermind and that book Traction, it reshaped everything in our business and how we functioned uh, in an entirely new way. So now we consider ourselves, we operate not that different from a Fortune 500 company, albeit much smaller, much more concise, much more we're like lean the and anti, flexible. We're like the anti-business business, but we run it like a serious corporation. Exactly. So when we say that annual meeting, basically we have a quarterly meeting, just like a big company that trades on Wall Street would. But then we also have an annual meeting where we really get together and plan not only this year, but our three-year and our 10-year vision um, as well. So that's kind of what we are getting at. But, you know, Catherine, she's not always in the numbers and that's okay. Um, And, you know, we're a growing business. So sometimes we have to just kind of... uh, uh, check ourselves at the door and uh, admit what we don't know. Um, we've grown a lot. We are improving our analytics daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. Um, but yeah, so our goal was three million in 2020, um, and we did 3.6. And you know that really inspired us to leap big in 2021. Um, and so 2021, when we set the goal of six million, I think. We felt like we were stretching the numbers inside to make them match the goal. If you remember that, Catherine, we were trying to figure out how we could stretch the actual, because we don't just set a goal. We set the goal, but then we also map out how we would get there hypothetically. I always how, hypothetically. Uh, and it's always, it always blows us away. Like how it's never in the way we expect ever. Exactly. Exactly. So for example, in 2020, you know, we, we did almost a half a million dollars in affiliates, um, which is, you know, when we market other people's courses, you know, we are so in love with James's courses that many of, you know, we promoted his BBD for a number of years. Just, we think it's the best resource out there for those of you who are starting, um, in your business journey or are, are moving along. Um, but this year we barely did any of that. No. Um, we had to tell James that we weren't really going to do it because we were focusing in-house yeah. and, uh, it caused I was also building MBA, mm-hmm. like literally every single day, eight hours to 12 hours a day, weekends included for six months straight. <laughs> that was what it took to build the current iteration of MBA. So I was like, yeah, there's like, I'm literally going from launch to creating the program to another launch. And like, I can't fit in an even closer launch. So, um, that's what made up, uh, 2021 though. Cause we're talking about 2021 now. And we had to stretch so much because jumping from 3.6 million to, to 6 million is a huge leap, especially with economic uncertainty and just geopolitical uncertainty. You know, the world's all weird and crazy and we don't know what's going to happen next. So here we are saying, oh yeah, well, we're going to grow by almost, you know, 80% this next year. Um, and we had to really tinker with our numbers. We had to say, well, we're going to have to sell a lot more on this. We're going to have to sell more on this. Um, excuse the dogs in the background. Yeah. You guys are just gonna have to deal with the dogs. I'm so sorry. We have a new puppy and we're the only two babysitters and we're currently recording the podcast. The babysitters are going to have to babysit at the same time. Yep. So anyway, um, yeah, so we had to stretch our numbers around and then, uh, I know you guys are ready. You guys are like, shut up. It's time yeah, to like, figure out what is, say, what little, happened. Yeah. Okay, let's be so, a little more concise. So okay? we, 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 um, ended 2021, um, just under $7.1 million. Yeah. How do you feel about that? 
Um, it feels very normal for some reason. I think that's the key, like with manifestation is that when you, a lot of people, they get really stuck in this like idea and almost like over glamorizing where they think that a certain number is going to like radically change their life and make them wake up in the morning and feel a certain way. And I literally feel the same way right now, like today, as I did waking up in 2016 and 2017. Yes. I just have like a much nicer things around me. I can, I have a lot more flexibility. Um, I have nicer cars, nicer home, nicer like travel options, but how I feel is the exact same way and how I'm going to feel when we reach our 2022 goals, which is in the, um, eight figures, of course, I know I'm going to wake up feeling the exact same way. So it's very normalized, but also it, I'm very grateful for it very humbled by it. And when I look back at it, that's when I start to feel those emotions. It's not like it radically changed our life in like this crazy way. Life feels pretty much the same, but it's just like looking back, knowing what it took and the amount of faith it took to get here. That's where I'm like, whoa, that's amazing. Okay. So I want to go a little bit more rapid fire, babe. All right. Because we have a lot of questions to get through. I'm like, we only got through one. (laughs) So there's a question here that says, how many people are on your team and what do each of them do? So for the each of them do, I already shared in the previous episode that I'm also going to bring Londa on the podcast. So she's number three. She's the queen. She is the one who actually runs Manifestation Babe. She is the, if you're thinking like in traditional corporate terminologies, she's the COO. If you're thinking about like in traction or more online business, digital business um, terminology, she's the integrator or no, I wouldn't even call her online business manager. She's way more than that. So um I'm going to bring her on because she's the one who literally puts her team together. She's the one that runs the team. She's the one who can describe what everyone does, what that process is like, what it's like to build a dream team, the struggles, the challenges, the benefits, like all of those things. I want to bring her on. But in terms of how many people are on our team, I actually texted her this morning. So I have a screenshot. Hold on. I have like all this on my phone right here. So I was like, Londa, can you just let me know how many like full-time, part-time contractors we have? So contractors, she was still waiting on Rachel to respond because we have like people that we work with from time to time. And of course we have um, a CPA, we have an attorney, right? Like We have people that we don't see every single day and talk to every single day, but they're definitely considered part of the team. I can't tell you that number for sure. Um, but what I can tell you is we have currently 14 full-time employees and that includes you and me. And then we have one part-time person that is attending all of our team meetings. And then we also have three other part-time uh, team members who do very consistent work with us who are in the Philippines. So what is that? 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 that we um, would consider to be part of like the bulk of the team, like the core team. And then of course, we also work with contractors. So I'm always in my head thinking we have 20 team members, but it's because we hire. We've been hiring so fast, you guys. Like the team has literally... In 2019, when we went to Morocco with Vicky and Londa, that those four people were our team at the end of 2018. And at the beginning of 2019, we hired Rachel, we hired Sean. And then from then on, that was six people. And then from 2019 through end of 2021, we like blew up to 18 people. Don't even ask me how. It's freaking unreal. And I definitely want Londa to come onto the podcast and um 
talk more about that just because she's going to answer these questions so much more and so much better than we can. Because again, a lot of people ask like, Catherine, how do you manage your team? And I say, I don't, neither does Brennan. We don't manage the team. We don't know what's going on in like the day-to-day detailed operations, except for what Londa reports to us. And of course, what we learn from the team meetings and the quarterly meetings and the annual meetings and things like that. But we're not like going back and forth every single day with every team member. Catherine is out of the picture. Yeah. I'm often on the phone. So I spend a lot of time on the phone with Londa working on big picture Literally problems. Literally all day. Solution-oriented stuff. So like if a problem comes up, if there's a legal issue, if there's a problem with different infrastructure or technology platform we'll work on, if there's a finance piece, if there's all those – the problems that need a higher level of solution is what I work on. Catherine spends almost all of her time in content, delivery, and 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 the persona – Catherine is dedicated to you guys and the impact in each one of you. And so we give her that space. And so we operate in a very hybrid way. And it's very hard to emulate or mimic how we do things because it's unique and authentic to us. But we know it works really well for us because Catherine, Londa, and I each augment each other in very powerful ways. And then we stack that on top of a team of incredible A players who we're so proud of. Um, and, and and that's just the way we do business. We have a dream team, like actually. And it's because we are extremely hard to, to get into, meaning that our hiring process is, will probably annoy the shit out of you. Like (laughs) it is so long. It is so extended. There's so many steps, but guess what? When you're in, you're fucking in. We take such good care of you. And it, we truly do believe it's a privilege to be on Team MB. And it's because we invest so much time, energy, financials into our team. Like we care so, so much. And oftentimes we're hiring people who come from the corporate world or they have like corporate trauma or they have just boss trauma. And like we almost sometimes struggle being like, we're not just blowing smoke up your ass. Like we actually care and and people love to work here. And of course they have such a hard time imagining it. And then after like the first week or two, they're like, oh my God, I'm in shock right now. Like literally they don't even understand the concept of like creating your own schedule. Sometimes they're like, Londa, can I go to the dentist's office? I'm so sorry. I have a dentist appointment from 1 to 2 PM on like Wednesday. And Londa's like, you don't even have to tell me just fucking go to your dentist's office because we don't have hours. We just like, as long as you're producing results, like we're a results-based company. We're not at clock in, clock out. We don't care if it takes you five minutes to do like an hour long task. We're not going to make you work the full hour. Just get the task done in five minutes and then go have lunch or go do whatever it is that you want to do. Um, some people, so before I actually go to the next question that does have to do with team that I can speak from experience because you weren't on the team yet uh, during the first hire. Um, some people are asking kind of like, you know, do we offer benefits for employees? Like, what does that look like? Can you just kind of share on that? Because that goes into our expenses and into, you know, profit margin and stuff like that, which is what we're also going to get into. And it goes into mentality and identity and belief system. So, you know, we, um, we have a number of full-time employees, obviously most of them are based in Los Angeles and, um, you know, That's something that I carry immense pride about. Um, But I want to speak quickly to the identity of this, and I'll, I'll just make this brief. You know, my goal is to be the place that everyone wants 
would die to work for. That's always been my mentality. I've worked in a in corporate culture. I've worked other jobs where just like, you know, money does not buy everything. Culture does not buy everything. Culture without money isn't enough. Money without culture isn't enough. Some companies like, treat culture as like giving tequila shots on Fridays. Yeah, like exactly, you're, you're like, exactly. like where there's, you worked, right? There's a whole plethora of ways to incentivize <laughs> talent and none of them are good or bad or wrong. But, you know, Catherine and I have a mentality that you guys have heard many times on the podcast inside courses. Don't pinch pennies and bleed dollars. And that really is my identity around employees. So we offer full benefits, but we're also smart. We're right. We're a smart company. So we offer full benefits after a 90 day review period. So what is our- considered full benefits. Cause here's the thing, you guys, I have zero corporate experience. I have never in my life been paid a salary or had benefits from a company. Like I went straight from college to building a business. I got a um, full-time job, but it was more like an hourly job. It was something that wasn't serious. It wasn't like a full commitment from both me and my boss at the time. Cause they knew that I'm just filling in a gap for just one year in their company. So for me, it's like really freaking cool because I don't have experience in like what not to do or what to do or what, you know, people might be like, what is a good thing and what is a bad thing? I'm just creating like the environment that if I were employed by someone, this is where I'd want to work and how I would want to be compensated and like ways I'd love to be taken care of. So it's kind of a unique position for me, but I know that Londa and Brennan and most people on the team, of course, they have experience from coming from a corporate background. So what does full benefits mean? Cause I never knew until like I literally offered it to people. Well, it's funny you said that because full benefits doesn't mean bleep. Um, cause <laughs> full benefits, uh, really is what you decide they are. Um, so, you know, some company may pitch it. It's really a marketing pitch, right? Full benefits means what they deem full benefits to be. So True. let me, let me elaborate upon what I mean by that. <clears throat> um, we offer uh, really high quality, the top quality um, plans, um, both plans that have high optionality and choosing who you want to see, as well as some of the more traditional high coverage, like the gold plans um, through, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, these type of plans are, um, uh, you know, some of the best in the industry. They're very, they have a lot of optionality on where you can go. So that's the type of health thing that we do. And actually we, we not only pay for our employees, but we cover a significant chunk as well of their dependents, um, which is just a benefit of what we do. It's just a belief system for me. So I don't want people to come and work hard for us, curate a culture of really high achievers, A plus players, and then have them get to the doctor's office and feel like they're not taken care of by us. That just, to me, it's not a fair exchange. It's not a fair trade. So we definitely pay for premium healthcare for our employees and have, you know, no interest in changing that, even though it's not cheap. I'm going to be frank for you business owners out there. It's not cheap to offer top tier health insurance. It costs a lot of money. And it's something that you don't think about necessarily when you're on the employee side, because you are paying maybe for your dependents and stuff, but you don't necessarily see just how much the premiums are for everyone, as well as the premiums if you're going to do things like cover dependents and whatnot. So, and then, you know, um, so it's just something I'm extremely proud mm-hmm. of the health that 
coverage that we offer our employees. Some places that they might consider a health care plan like ours full benefits, um, but it's not. Oh, our, so we, we also offer, um, you know, a full dental um, uh, a package through, I think it's Guardian, I believe. I, I mix up the, the names of the insurers. Londa literally helped us set this up because, again, she has experience and she has like, uh, you know, like Londa's just been, well, especially for me, Brenna, I know you're giving me a look right now, but like for me at least, like, cause I'm speaking, remember when I'm speaking, it's from my experience and you're speaking, it's from your experience. Like, I just remember, um, you know, like when we hired Londa, we, that was when we really switched over. Londa was our actual first full-time employee. If you remember correctly, she actually helped us learn how to set up employees in the business because before then we went from contractors and after the trauma we endured with Mm -hmm. having just contractor employee like employees but in quotation marks right right they're actually contractors that are you know hired by full-time or whatever yeah the the loyalty changes with that like we the whole game changes when you take it seriously and i know it's a it's a cost but like team is one of the most important expenses that we have. And I don't see it as, I don't, I don't like calling it an expense. We're just using traditional business terminology. It truly is an investment. I don't think most people understand how much we pay for benefits and compensation for our team and how proud we are and how not industry standard that is. Yeah. And I'm not calling anyone out, but I'm just saying when you emulate our team and how great our team is and how much you want to learn from our business, just know that some of the things we do different is that we compensate our people extremely well and we make sure that they're fully covered. So let me speak to a few more things just so we can move through it. You know, we offer full dental benefits um, and then we also offer full vision. Um, In addition to that, um, we do have um, a 401k um, that was recently created. Um, and you know, for those of you who are inside MBA, um, you'll be getting access to a massively redone, uh, Brennan finance course, um, uh, yet to be named, but, um, you know, a piece of that for business owners is there's really interesting things in the tax side that you can do to both save a ton of money on taxes and also take care of your employees. Those are not mutually exclusive, um, by setting up something like a 401k. And so um, we do have, you know, uh, eligibility elements to that. So we do have an eligibility uh, a minimum for the time that you're employed for that to kick in. Um, and then we also do have a vesting schedule. But these are um, things that not many small companies are doing, but that really move the needle because now you're not just building a job for someone, you're offering a career path if that is something that they want to go down. And the dogs are out to bark. Um, I will say that, you know, hiring a team, every time we add team members, I do go through an upper limit because there is this like conditioning still to this day that I sometimes feel where I'm like, okay, all right. So another person that might get let down if I fuck something up to such a degree that I have to let everyone go, right? It's like, oh, yay, another person to disappoint. And of course, that's not the way you want to stay thinking. But I just want to be completely honest with you guys, especially as you're making your first hire, which I want to talk about that. It is very scary, but you know who changed my perspective on this? It's it's a very simple quote that Tony Robbins said at Business Mastery. And by that point, we already had like, I think two team members, two full-time team members. And that was like a big shift for us. And I remember feeling like the fears and stuff, you know, the stuff around that because it is 
a pretty large expense, you know, compared to just hiring an hourly, you know, contractor or employee um, who just works, you know, part-time at an hourly rate or whatever. Like these are full-time salaried employees. Tony Robbins said life will always give um, or will always provide for that which gives life. Can I say it? Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I'm butchering L- it. L- <laughs> life will always support, support that which supports, supports life. life. Okay. <laughs> life will always support that which supports life. Okay. That What that means to me is that when you take care, and this is actually universal law that I teach inside of MBA, uh, law of cause and effect, I think is the biggest one if we were to categorize it under that one, or even law of compensation as well. When you really take care of other souls like to the best of your ability. And again, all of our abilities are different, right? It's not about being the best. Okay. Like you could be starting out. And of course there's like other companies that, you know, your potential first employee might go to, but it's like, if you are doing the best you can and they can feel that and you are providing in the best way possible that you can, I truly believe that your business is going to be blessed beyond measure. And I truly believe that the universe is going to provide you the exact clients, students, um, whoever you need in your business to create more revenue so that you can either hire more people or just be able to very abundantly take care of whomever it is that works for you. It's just, it's a guiding principle. And I have found that a huge reason why we keep growing, like you can look at it even energetically speaking about energetics alone, why we had such a big year. Hmm, We take care of our team really, really well. And obviously that's a big portion of where our investments go. And we're just very proud of it. What stage did you hire your first employee is a question that someone asked. And this is actually a very popular question. So I do want to share this just because Brennan was not part of the business at this time. And what I realized, I actually first hired like an agency kind of, um, they called themselves an agency and they were just someone who could like help me take things off my plate, but they didn't really take as much things off my plate as I thought that they would. But I also know that knew that they didn't operate like, you know, solely working for me. I was just one of their clients. So I don't really want to mention that part because I think that what I characterize as like my first hire was my very first assistant that I hired in the summer of 2017. And she was actually really incredible and very helpful. She's no longer with the company. Um, I let her go, I think like a couple months later, just because there was just like a very clear, um, no longer it being a fit. But um, in the very beginning, how I knew it was a perfect segue, like something that I had to do at the time was when I remember this very specifically, I was sitting on our couch, babe, the black couch in our studio. And I remember looking out the window and being like, God damn, like these emails are taking me five hours today to respond to. Cause I was, remember I was the tech person. I was the customer support. I was the creator. I was this, I had so many things that I was creating at the time, and yet I still had to get back to people when they said, you know, I didn't receive that email. I didn't receive the login. I can't log in. There's an issue with your website. I had to get on the phone with Bluehost, my host at the time, and like fix my website. Like I was the queen of everything at the time. And 
I just remember going like in my head, this is the, I had CEO thinking from the very beginning with Manifestation Babe, I would say end of 20, like mid of mid 2016 to end of 2016 was when I really was like, okay, I, I seriously want to grow this. Like this is something I'm very passionate about. So I adopted a CEO mentality very early on. And I just knew that the key to growing and scaling was to have help. And if I was spending five hours a day just responding to people's emails, I would never create the things that were actual money-making activities. I would never be able to write the eBooks or create the course or coach people if I'm spending that much time, not including the hours I would spend like fixing tech issues, building the course together. Remember how I was building all of it in the back end together? This is 2016, right? No, this is 2017 I'm talking about in our studio. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. but like 2016, 2017 was like basically a continuation of each other. Right. Um, It wasn't until 2018 when we hired Londa and another person that like things started to escalate and change and shift um, drastically. But yeah, that was amazing. And a lot of people ask like, what do I give to that person? What does that person do? Everything that you don't want to be doing. So I train that person to respond to the emails. I train that person how to build the back end of the courses. I train that person how to handle failed payments. I train that person everything that wasn't making me as much money because it was maintaining the business rather than growing the business. I trained that person. They basically became a mini me. And I highly recommend, this is just my advice, Again, I'm not professionally trained by anybody else. I come from no corporate background. I have no business background before Manifestation Babe, except for network marketing. I'm literally street sense. I'm just like self-built, self-made, self-taught, everything, self-experienced. I learned so much from experience. I was like, you know what? I need a mini me. So I basically created a mini me. And that's what I suggest for you. Just create a mini you. Just have that person do a variety of tasks. Like look for an assistant, executive assistant, assistant, whatever you want to call them, that can just do the things that take things off your plate. And then from there, that's when you specialize because that's when you realize, hey, that person's now overwhelmed. Okay, we need another person. Hey, what do you like doing the most? What are you best at? What is your zone of genius? Oh, you like customer support? I can see you're really good at that. Okay, perfect. So we need a person who's more tech savvy to do the tech stuff or to do the payment stuff. Great. Let's hire that person. Oh, crap. Okay. we You're feeling overwhelmed because you're doing both tech and creating graphics for me. Okay. Maybe I need a graphic designer now, right? So you, you go from there based off your needs. A lot of people make this mistake of like trying to figure out like the day that they start a business, all the different roles that they need to hire for from day one. And this is the biggest mistake because we still, every single quarterly meeting, we're like, you know what we still need? We need this person. So then we start hiring that person. It's like one step at a time, just like everything in life is one step at a time. But I think that so many people hold themselves back because they get overwhelmed by this huge mountain in front of them. But how we got to 7 million, you guys, is is not like in back in 2017 when I hired my first person, I knew exactly what my team of almost 20 people is going to look like. Hell to the no. Now it's like, yeah, this all makes sense. Everything is flowing. Everything is great. But we figured it out one person at a time, one hire at a time, one fire at a time. So we, you know, something really interesting that I, I, I realize is that, you know, having 10x our annual revenue in five years going from 600,000 to 7 million, more than 10 X, I guess, you know, I, 
my tactical and my strategic advice changes. And I love that Catherine spoke to the mistakes because I have a few broad mistakes. One is start the business before you're ready because you're never going to be ready. Hire before you're, you're ready. Hire before. That's what I was going to say too. Hire before you're ready. You know why? Because before you're ready, you're going to hire the wrong person. And then you're going to learn. You're always going to hire the wrong person to start. And then you're going to have to learn from that. And you're going to probably fire someone. The you're first gonna, four people we hired or five who were the wrong people. The, the, that's just one of the things that stands out to me in the position that we are now. And I can't wait until, you know, we've done 20 million or, or 50 million or hundred million at some point, because it's, it's so amazing the insights that you can bring when you've gone on this journey. But one of the things we just see so much is like, start before you're ready. Let me say it again. Start before you're ready. Start the business before you're ready. Start hiring before you're ready. Start creating before you're ready because ready never comes. Ready is a decision that shows up the moment you start doing. It's like getting married or having kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, especially having kids. That's what we hear from people is like, you're never going to be ready. So it's like kind of growing a business. You're never going to be ready. Um, before we get into like expenses and things like that, more numbers focused, um, what are the different streams of revenue that contributed to the seven mil or almost 7.1 mil? Sure. That's a great question. I can give like a very, I mean, I can give the, that overview because I just, I know it's, I know what we did in 2021, but if you want to give like specific, I don't know if you have those specific numbers. Yeah, of course I do. So, you know, there's a few different streams of income that come in. I, when people say streams of income, sometimes they mean different businesses and we don't operate that way. So we don't have different, we have our own personal investments, which are on the side and our own personal things, but just business wise, you know, in 2020, um, we, we sell Catherine's books every year. So we have, you know, uh, uh, annual book revenue. Um, we didn't really do any physical products in 2020. That was more of a 2021 thing. So really, when you look at our our money, our revenue streams in 2020, um, there's four things that come to mind. Wait, no, we're talking about seven mil, I 2021. We, I'm, oh, okay. All right. All right. Go for it. Books sold, <laughs> all of the digital product stuff. So that can be split into, you know, the primary courses being whether it was the former Rich Babe Academy or the Manifestation Babe Academy, um, and then affiliate revenue. And then the last thing in 2020 that used to be a, a revenue stream for us, but really not a major one. It was more of a pleasure one, um, as you guys know, were our retreats. So we would do retreats that used to be something we definitely made money on, but really wasn't a huge – when you start to balance how much money project. you make with how much time you invest – it starts not to be a very like profitable venture in terms of your time versus how much you're compensated. It's just really fun and really gratifying to take people to Bali. That was a, like a dream. It was amazing to have people on the ground. We've supported people in Bali throughout the pandemic when it was so hard for them because we have a team on the ground there. So that was what 2020 looked like. And then things got a little bit more interesting in 2021. So, you know, we still were selling the books, um, but we added uh, a, a number of physical products. So um, some of you had access to buying the Manifestation Bay box as part of MBA. Um, we obviously had the clothing launch, the Manifestation Babe clothing launch. So that was another physical product revenue stream. Um, and then, our, you know, our most massive revenue stream is uh, digital products, but there's two pieces to that. Primarily, it's our core, what we call our signature offering, which is Catherine's MBA, the MBA, TMBA. Um, and then um, 
also, you know, there's a lot of digital offers as well. Some of you guys have bought goal smashing or you've done tapping or you've, you know, taken epically aligned. So those are kind of, we consider those single purchase type of, of revenue uh, streams. And um, the last one was uh, affiliate revenue. So um, we did have some affiliate revenue in 2020. Um, we actually were very successful with affiliate revenue given our time commitment. Um, but we're looking forward uh, to, to kind of pulling more, um, uh, sharing more of, you know, what's helped us scale our business with you guys um, in 2022 and doing uh, more affiliate stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that's that, those are the kind of the revenue uh, streams of income. And I'm just going to give you a ballpark idea because you're like, Brennan, okay, here's so all say, MBA is our biggest chunk for so sure. MBA in a $7 million year generated um, certainly over 4 million. Yeah. Maybe even closer to five. Yeah. Two launches. I would need to look at the exact MBA numbers to speak to that because they're kind of lumped in, but MBA is definitely our top income producer without a doubt. Um, I would say the second piece that falls into that is, um, you know, our kind of mini launches and our, and our single purchase products, um, as well as our affiliate revenue, those kind of two things kind of blend in. Um, and then our books sold, you know, we only did about, uh, we did just over $40,000 this year in book revenue and, um, just almost $45,000 in, um, in revenue from the boxes and the clothing line. So, you know, we're experimenting. We're in this stage where we're growing. We have margin available for us because of our digital products. Catherine really felt aligned and wanted to do the clothing line launch. We wanted to do an MB box for MBA students. These were not massive money generators for us. As a matter of fact, in some instances, we lost money on them. They're a pain. They're a pain. <laughs> They're massive. They're, we have learned so many lessons, but this is, it goes right back to hire before you're ready. Yeah. Start the business before you're ready. Try things. Try things. Don't be afraid to lose money. If you didn't do these things, you would never know. You would still be glamorizing a fashion a clothing line thinking that that's your, your ticket to $7 million um, where it could be. But it's also a lot of things that we learned about how hard it is to make money in that business that really it became like, we're loving this because we get to share these things that you guys love. Uh, you know, Catherine wears her sweatshirt. She's wearing it right now. Um, you guys, you know, uh, where I was wearing the sweatshirt last night. Yeah, you are. Yeah. So, um, and there's, also like a billion ways to make $7 million too. So yeah, obviously what's lucrative for us is a digital business, but also like, hello, there's Spanx billion dollar company off of Spanx. That's not a digital business. So you just never know. It's just dependent on what aligns with you. What is part of your mission, your purpose, what's exciting to you, what you want to commit to. It's not just like focus. It's not just, this is some ser- like business is serious commitment, dedication, and focus. It is not something, I mean, if you want it to, if you want it to be like a hobby, then it's going to pay you like a hobby. If you want it to pay you like a serious business, you got to treat it like a serious business. Um, babe, someone asked, I'm curious what the monthly expenses look like to run the company. I think this is one, this one's very interesting. Can you kind of share some of the monthly expenses? 
Yeah, I'm not going to break it down in super great detail. Yeah, I will say that our, our most significant expense is our team. Um, so our team, we pay by far the most um, on a monthly basis out of any of our expenses. So, and we also, I don't love monthly because- um, Or you can tr- just talk about annual. Yeah, an- I mean, annuals, but I, I just want to speak to monthly for a second because we are in a launch business. So for example, if you were run a membership, maybe you have- uh, higher monthly income that's more consistent. Whereas for us, we may make two or $3 million in, in a two a month, month stretch. Yeah. And then, you know, that'll drop down, you know, over the next few months, depending on whether we're offering like six a couple months. hundred thousand. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it just, it all depends. So I don't really think about it in terms of like monthly or annual. I just think of it in terms of our costs. So payroll is our number one cost and you know, it's significant. It's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's low six figures every single month is what we, what we pay, um, ourselves and our team together. Um, so that's, and that's like over a million a year. Well, well, of course it's well, well over, over a million. A million. Yeah, yeah. It's well over a million yeah. a, a year. So, you know, and that's, um, that actually doesn't include, um, some elements of our team because some of the contractors we actually pay not through payroll because they're not us based. Um, and you know, we have a real mentality too, with our contractors. So we have a team in Egypt. Um, for those of you who don't know, Londa, it, it, it absolutely loves Egypt to live there for years. Um, speaks as, Arabic, speaks Arabic, no big deal. lived in, in Iraq for a while. Like just, <laughs> you gotta ask this girl what's going on in her life. And she will tell you a story and give you a ride. But, you know, um, we were actually, someone reached out to us about uh, contractors in Egypt and, um, you know, we were intrigued. I was, of course, a little bit hesitant because I don't speak Arabic, but Londa said, let's give this a try. And let me just tell you. Well, to you, be clear, they, they speak English. They're oh, perfect English. Perfect yeah, English. Perfect yeah, English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm just, what I'm saying is that, you know, it's a great lesson for just allowing the universe to surprise you because I never in my life imagined the absolute gem rock star, incredibly talented, so smart, like invaluable members of our team. And they're full-time Egypt, members. And they're full-time members. Yeah, they're on and our team we adore meetings. them. Yeah. So, but my, the reason I'm going there just for a second is because, you know, we do pay them differently. So it's a different setup because it's international, yada, yada. So it's not U.S. payroll. If you have U.S. payroll, you don't do U.S. payroll. Yeah, we don't do U.S. taxes exactly. on them. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, um, payroll is the biggest piece. It is low six figures. Um, per month, uh, per month. And, um, that's the low biggest piece. six figures or low multiple six figures. Well, low multiple six figures. Okay. Yeah. Um, see, Brennan knows more than I do. I'm just like, Brennan, do we have money for the Chanel bag? Yes. Okay. I'm getting it. <laughs> and part of that's because it used to be where Catherine was so in charge. She was in charge of the business. She was in charge of the finances. She was in oh, charge of I everything. Used, I would know where every freaking penny would go and not in like a weird hoarding way. Just, I remember I'd open our bank accounts every single morning and be like, Brennan, where did this charge come from? And then one day I was like, you know, what, Brennan, I'm severely limiting my ability to manifest money by focusing on this part of it, even though it is part of it. But just like, I know that you are also passionate about finance. Can I trust you to pay all our bills manage our money. Tell me if I'm ever overspending. Cause it was always like the other way around where I'd be like, uh, yeah, I think we can do that. Or like, no, we can't really do that right now, but we will in the future. And now it's like Brennan telling me that where I'm like, okay, can we do this? Can we do that? Yeah. Does that work? Can we take a extravagant trip to Africa? Yes, we can. Okay. Awesome. Let's do that. 
And I just, I'm solely focused on calling in the money, manifesting the money, bringing in the money. Actually, there's a TikTok I made to kind of make fun of that, where it shows you on your computer, literally as you are right now, literally is how I see you sit all the time on your computer doing something with money. And then it switches to like me on the other hand, I'm like journaling and I'm like working through some visualization exercises of like how much we want to bring in our launch or in our business. And then some guy Brennan, literally commented on TikTok. He's like, yeah, this is exactly why men get paid more money than women. This is proof right here because they obviously don't do shit compared to men. And I was like, sir, you have no idea what you're talking, who you're talking to, what you're talking about. I'm not even going to bother with you, but it was so freaking ridiculous. Anyway, um, where are we going with this? Are you done with the expenses? No. Okay. You're still talking about, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so it's funny. Catherine is such an incredible podcaster and such an incredible podcast host, but it's funny because she's so in flow that like when Catherine gets going, I just know to back off and let her share her wisdom with all you guys. So I have learned that piece and not talk over her. Um, (laughs) so, uh, expenses wise, um, you know, I think one of the reasons people ask about profitability is because they presume that people spend a lot of money on advertising Oh yeah, this is a good question. Someone asked, a lot of people asked specifically about how much we pay for marketing. So please share about that. So I'll tell you what we paid for marketing. And I actually pulled up- For the um, whole year? First of all, we only advertise currently on Facebook. Um, If Facebook's listening, which, you know, uh, being, uh, I guess, a top 50 uh, uh, education podcast in the US, maybe they are. But um, Facebook, you have not won me over with ads. Um, and we're cheating on you. We're going to go ahead and diversify with Google and 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 YouTube and whatnot. But um, to this point, guys, this is all the money that we've ever spent on marketing uh, with Facebook. So in 2019, which was the first year that we started using Facebook sizably, um, we spent $78,836 um, to reach about two and a half million people. Wait, when was this? Sorry, I was reading a that question was, and I have no idea what you just said. 2019. Okay. We spent se- just under 80,000. Yeah. $78,836 to reach two and a half million okay. people. Okay. Uh-huh. In 2020, we spent $136,000, $136,205 to reach about 3.56 million people. And in 2021... Uh, we spent about $220,671, and that had us reach only 1.76 million people. Wait, I'm sorry. We <clears throat> generated $7.17, whatever, $7 million, and we only spent 200 something thousand dollars in marketing. What the, f- I mean, literally my friends who are very heavy in ads, they're always like, I'm sorry, Catherine, what, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm manifesting. Okay. That's how I do things. I've always been organic heavy. I've always just used my energy. And I know it sounds, especially if any of you guys coming in here that like, are like, yeah, manifestation, babe, she's cool. But like, I really want to hear the business strategy. You're probably going to like roll your eyes at me right now because People ask me all the time, how did you do that? Or how did you do this? Or how did you do that? And like my number one strategy in business is manifestation. <laughs> like I don't just teach it for shits and giggles. I use it. Manifestation. Live it. I live it. Manifestation can be used for your dream house, your dream relationship, your dream business, for marketing, for this, 
for that, for the right team members, for everything. Like I'm using my manifesting muscles right now to manifest something very specific that is important to me. And it's the same process over and over and over again. I know I've manifested all these things up until this point, I can manifest this other thing. And business is not separate to that. It is not like this thing where you have to like make it super masculine and like spend a ton of money on ads and all this stuff. And like there are certain businesses where the profit margin, of course, is so much smaller. But I also want to encourage you guys that it's possible to have whatever it is that you want. It doesn't matter what niche you're in, what business you're in, what your profit margins are. It doesn't matter how much you spend on marketing. Like you can make anything happen and how you get there is going to look so different from how I made it happen, from how your other favorite you know, business owner made it happen. Like you have your own journey ahead of you. And it's just a matter of like, what is in alignment for you and, and how you call it into your life. That's how I see it. Do you want to say anything else? Brennan, Brennan has his calculator out. So hold on, hold on a second. Let him calculate (laughs) whatever he's calculating. Well, I was just looking at, I was, I'm just crunching some rough numbers because guys, numbers don't govern what we do. Like, honestly, uh, this is an area where as much as I really care about numbers and as much as I focus a lot on numbers on the personal side and the wealth side and the investment side, the business numbers, getting the exact details, one, doesn't really always move the needle as much as you think it does in terms of a, a an effort versus reward basis. But also it's hard to get the right numbers. And I don't know if any of you have experienced this, but it's actually hard to filter the data in a way to get the numbers that actually are meaningful for you to measure and therefore manage. So I was just crunching some numbers. And in 2020, you know, we, we had a $3.6 million year. Um, and so I was just kind of looking at, um, you know, what that year looked like in terms of kind of gross margin. And, you know, our margin essentially was about, we spent about 30% um, of our revenue on, on expenses. That was, that was essentially what we, what we did. We spent about 30% of our revenue on, on, on expenses. So pretty much everything else, you know, you start to look at between a 65 and a 75% profit margin. This is obviously before taxes. So that's another piece here too, but you know, our, our profit margins have been really healthy. And, you know, even this year, especially with a $7.1 million year, our profit margins will be very healthy again, because also as you scale, so another thing to consider too, as you scale, it can minimize the impact of certain expenses versus others. Your expenses should not grow at the same rate as your profitability. If you can help it, that's the whole point of business. How can you, how can you juice more with less? How can you get more solutions and create more value with less resources? Um, and, 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 you know, that that's a big piece of, I think, really what has defined 2021 as a really successful year for us. Mm-hmm. Um, a question that I can answer is, how much money would I need to start a business like yours today? <laughs> I love this question because the amount of money it took to start my business in the very beginning used to be so much money to me and used to freak me out. But if I tell you guys, you guys are going to like laugh. Actually laugh. It was $30 for a month to run my business. And that is a like $10 subscription to MailChimp at the time. Yep. $10, I think a month it was for like hosting and to buy my domain name. Um, so per month. 
And then it was $10 to my Vimeo subscription per month so that I can host my course. And the rest I bootstrap together. And then of course, Instagram is free. Facebook's free. Like Zoom was free. Everything was uh, Zoom. I think it was, it was much cheaper than it was today. I don't think it was free, but it was like, I don't know, like five bucks a month or something. And I don't even think I use Zoom until a little bit later. But when I tell you that $30 used to freak me out, like I used to stress because I knew I needed to actually sell something so I wouldn't lose money. And at the time I had a course called Unleash Your Inner Manifestation, babe. That was the first course I built and I priced it at $33. Um, And then I would have to sell one course per month to, you know, to match what I was spending. And I remember being like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do it. But just so you guys know, it is not, some people commented $100,000 and I'm like, what in the hell? Like what? No, it's like, there's so many tools and resources out there. There's so many ways to like, anyone can do what we do nowadays. Like you get a Kajabi subscription it has everything inside of it. Like you don't have to bootstrap things away that I was literally duct taping things in our business that we still take apart to this day where we're like, um, I don't know who started this system. Well, actually, everyone knows who started the system. But they're like, the system doesn't work anymore. It's not 2016 anymore. So we need to change that. And I always <laughs> laugh because it's literally we're ripping apart duct tape that I put together from 2016. Um, someone asked, how much do you put? And this is like more, I think, on the personal level as well. Um, because we, you know, our investments are also on the personal level. How much do you put towards investment each year? Like how much of our money do we invest in 2021? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, well, I won't mention specifics, but I will tell you that, um, I would say upwards of 70% of our take home, 60 to 70% of our take home is invested in some capacity. For the future. So now that's not going to work for everyone because, you know, if you're working a job, obviously, you know, 70% of your income doesn't make sense. Um, but, you know, and I talk a lot about this too in my updated course, but, you know, spending spending money is something you do no matter how much money you make. So saving and investing is really just about making a decision to defer some, not all, not, not restricting yourself, not becoming frugal, not pinching pennies and bleeding dollars, but being thoughtful about saving some consumption for the future. So, you know, if you are able to save 10% and invest that accordingly, your life can look very, extremely different in 30 or 40 years, even if you're, uh, working, you know, just a normal job that you love, that you're compelled, whether you're a teacher, whether, you know, you're a, a, a music teacher at a local high school or, you know, uh, uh, you do coaching yeah, a, a youth soccer camp in the summer times to make a lot of money and then spend time personal training. It doesn't matter. 10% is, is usually enough for us because we have such high incomes. There's no way in hell as we scale that I would even consider spending that much money. So, uh, you know, almost all of it is invested. Um, and, and there's, there's tools and I can speak about some of those inside, um, you know, the, the program I created MBA. as well. Yeah, just about ways that you can use. There's a there's a societal connotation amongst people who are not financially savvy that debt is bad. And it's so not true when you look at people who've accumulated wealth. 
debt is all about how it's being used. If you use debt to your advantage, it's incredibly valuable. If you are using, if debt is using you to its advantage, it's incredibly hurtful. Um, but that being said, you know, we're able to store most of our assets in investments um, because we have access to liquidity. Uh, this will be the last question because we actually did an amazing job blending it all together. I just scrolled through. We answered pretty much all the big questions. Um, how did you find someone for your tax and wealth management? Do you have a trust? Um, we are building a trust. Um, a trust for me is is less about like sometimes trusts have a connotation of like, you know, tax evasion or tax sheltering. Um, I'm that's just not we're not interested in that. Um, that's not how we do stuff. Um, you know, I think when I talk inside my course about taxes, there's a difference between tax evasion is, is a crime. It's illegal. Um, you know, there is strategic tax avoidance strategies that many people use, but it's not about escaping by or it's, it's the same thing. You know, you Just can move, smart. you can move to Arizona, you can move to Nevada, you can move to Texas, you can move to Florida. Why do you think people are so many people are moving there because of taxes? For a lot of people, that's why, you know, and so that's, that's an example of where or Puerto Rico, it can, yeah, or Puerto Rico, <laughs> or, you know, there's this, you guys know about this. So I don't need to get into that too much. Trusts, though, however, are not just for that. Trusts are actually a great shield um, in the case that someone was to pass um, in the in the case um, of like wills. Um, there's a lot of things that can happen with probate court that you want to avoid, at least in the United States. And so trust can be really beneficial structure to kind of get around some of the less advantageous rules that will kind of make it harder to get what you want to, what you wanted or intended to pass along. Um, so trusts serve a purpose. So we're in the process of building them, um, but I don't actually currently have them. We just have, to be honest, it's a basic will at this stage, even at our wealth stage. And then the last uh, part of that question, um, if you can remind me, was how do we find our, our tax people? Yeah. Hold on. Let me go back to it. So we found our tax and wealth like people. Like tax and wealth management. Yeah. So tax and wealth management, there's really one thing that you need to look out for. And again, those of you who have taken MBA, who have taken the old Brennan course. Well, also or, your finance episode is out there too. Or the finance episode. But you know, people who have taken the course inside of MBA or who are looking forward to taking the new and updated one. You guys know that we work with a, a company called Creative Planning. No, we're not sponsored by them. I don't endorse them. There's no sort of affiliate deal or anything. Um, it's just simply I tell people because I found it through Tony Robbins. Um, but it's not creative planning or bust. Creative planning is what is called a fiduciary. And so a fiduciary is the most important term to know here. Basically what it means, and sorry for any brokers out there who don't like this, but a fiduciary is obligated to act within the, the – the, their fiduciary duty is that they operate in the best interest of the client. Unfortunately, a lot of people are pitched this way, but they're actually not. If you are a broker, you're actually able to be compensated, whether you know it or not, based upon incentive structures that are negotiated between banks, different products, different investment products, all these different things. There's all these fee structures. It's not great. It's not ideal. It doesn't mean brokers aren't good people. It doesn't mean that they don't have their best interest. A lot of them don't even realize this. But the word that you want to look for is fiduciary. And there's lots of fiduciary companies. Creative planning is just one example. But that's who we use. And the reason why is because it emulates a family office style structure. 
for those of you who have businesses or you've created, you know, some level of net worth that you're, you know, proud of, uh, you know, usually a family office is something where you're hiring five to 50 people and you're worth hundreds of millions or billions. So the family office hybrid is really when you work with a company that has access to all the same resources as, as that individual with that high net worth would. The difference is instead of all those five to 50 employees working for the billionaire, all of the employees of the firm are able to, to be resources to you in those areas. The idea is that you're not separating accounting. You're not separating wealth management. You're not separating, uh, you know, unique or alternative investments. You're not separating real estate. You're not separating all these things. You can work with a firm that does all of them and has a fiduciary obligation to act in your best interest at all times. You're so hot when you talk about numbers. Thank you so much, babe, for coming on this amazing episode. I think that's all the questions that we have for today. And I know you guys are dying for more team stuff. I always get questions about team stuff. And actually, what surprised me a lot and what surprises James, surprises and both not surprises, James as well, we talk about this all the time, is when we give people an opportunity to really listen to team building it's like the least amount of people actually show up to to listen because they're like, oh, I'm not at that stage yet. And again, I encourage you guys, even if you just started your business, make sure you listen to the team building episode that I do with Londa. I think that's either going to come next or in just a couple of episodes. I just have to schedule that with her. Uh, Brenda and I are literally like, it's Sunday right now at 2 p.m. And we're recording this with a sleeping puppy on my lap. Thank God they're such good dogs and they were sleeping the whole time of this episode. Like, I'm so grateful for that. Um, But we hope you enjoy this episode. Definitely let us know in my latest post. You can leave a comment um, just because I'm always looking for your guys' comments. You can send a DM, but it would mean even more to us if you left us a review on the podcast, kind of sharing like which is your favorite episode, if this is your favorite episode, just kind of let people know what they can listen to on the podcast. Because I know when I stumble across a new podcast, I go to reviews and I'm like, let me see if just like some of the topics and like how people respond to the topics, if this is something I'm going to like. And then of course, take a screenshot of this episode of you listening to this episode and tag at Manifestation Babe. Do you want to be tagged too, Brennan? You're not very social. I'm, I'm You're not, not really Insta friendly. I'm, I'm not a very Insta friendly <laughs> okay. hubstead. You know, but listen, he, my he, whole life is on Instagram through my wife. Yeah. So I've earned the right. But I'll tell you what, uh, just a little plug here. Wait, one sec. I just want to say <clears> that Brennan stalks my DM. So he'll definitely read your DM. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I also just want to quickly hop on here and say that, you know, uh, thank you for the opportunity to come on. I love talking about money. I love talking about building wealth. I love talking about building businesses. I love talking about solution-oriented thinking, big picture. How do we create value in the world? How can we add more value to the lives of our clients, to our friends, to our family? Um, that's really what created being a creator, a creator in this world is, not a consumer. How can I find ways to add value to the world? Um, and I'm so excited for those of you who will be joining MBA um, and those of you who are have He's already joined He's creating a MBA. whole course you guys don't inside know what's my coming. course. Like, I'm like, wait, what? You got a two for one with MBA? Like, 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're not just going to cover, you know, the buzzy words like the cryptos and the NFTs. We're going to co- cover all the old archaic words like bonds, you know, risk tolerance, asymmetric risk return relationships. Oh, my real favorite interest words. Rates, inflation, oh, no, no, no. Transitory, all those Infl- things. Every fucking day of my life, I hear the word inflation coming out of Brennan's mouth. So, and supply chain. Those are the two words and taxes. Those three words, every time when my friend Kate comes over and she, if she's listening right now, she's going to laugh so hard. Every time she comes over, I'm like, Brennan, you are allowed to hang out with us, but you are forbidden from saying the word tax or taxes. You're forbidden from saying inflation and you're forbidden from saying supply chain. If you can abstain from the that language, then you can hang out with us. <laughs> well, if you guys want to learn um, uh, some of the things that I've acquired over the last few years of doing this and just the smart people I've hung around, come hang out. Uh, you know, it will be a little bit later in the year. Um, it will be delivered as a bonus for MBA. And uh, I'm really excited to share that with you guys. So thanks for the opportunity to hang out and talk shop. And we love you guys so much. I love you, babe. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Manifestation Babe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.